Hello, I'm Andrew Suskind, and I'm a therapist and author based on the west side of Los Angeles since 1992, specializing in trauma and addictions. Welcome to my podcast, named after my recent book, It's Not About the Sex. Here we have honest conversations related to compulsive sexual behavior and trauma, all from a sexual health perspective. Our intention is to offer fresh viewpoints and practical strategies toward establishing greater intimacy and a more deeply connected life. Let's begin. Linda Landon, PCC, is passionate about guiding couples to reignite intimacy and connection. She introduces them to cutting-edge relationship technologies such as human design and the wellness sexuality practice, her signature program that redefines and revitalizes Eros. A certified life and recovery coach, human design specialist, deep coaching practitioner, and experienced seminar leader, she has published two books, The Power of Pause, Simple Meditations for Complicated Lives, and Ignite Your Vitality Using Human Design. Linda is now writing her next book for couples, who have lost the spark of connection. And you can follow her on Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome, Linda. I'm so glad you could join us today. Oh, Andrew, I'm thrilled to see you. And I think this is the first time we've seen each other for three years. At least. Yeah, I'm delighted to be here. We're going to have fun today. And we're going to talk about how to reignite intimate connection in relationship, which I know is a passion of yours. And where we're going to begin is, is in a way where it all begins is what, what inspired you to, to write a book for, for couples? Over the last 10, 15 years, I've had an incredible awakening around intimacy and relationship and sexuality. And I, you know, as you know, and you do too, we learn these, you know, we learn this great stuff and then we integrate it into our work with our clients and so I've been working with couples for years and it's like this birth just has to happen this birth this birth of this book Mm -hmm. has to happen because I'm coming to see that the way I'm working with couples is a compilation of all the different streams that I have had the privilege of learning over the last I'd say easily 15 years Mm -hmm. and this book hasn't been written so I feel like it's something that needs to come through me. It is like a birth. Mm-hmm. Sure. And so part of the birth, of course, is is being pregnant. Oh. And right, right. And sometimes <laughs> we carry the book inside of us for more than nine months. So tell us a little bit about how, how did your personal experience lead you to develop these types of practices? Oh, you know, I love that question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to get pretty personal here. Is that of okay? Of course, absolutely. For a good part of my life, or like say there's different phases, but for the first part of my life, like up through my early 30s, um, I personally thought that there was something wrong with me sexually because I didn't enjoy penetration sex and I thought I really thought I was frigid and Mm. um and a lot of women do because Mm -hmm. they're misinformed and Mm -hmm. they don't know 
the whole cycle of female arousal and what I call feminist sex. So I was trapped. I really thought there was something seriously wrong with me. And then I fell in love with a woman. And so I was with women for many, many years, over 20 years. And in that realm, I felt more comfortable and my body really responded and there was a lot of turn on, but there was always this, this stop, this mm. stop. So when I was, I guess it was, God, I'm getting losing track of time. Mm-hmm. When I was 50, I just, not really voluntarily, but I went into a period of celibacy. Mm. Meaning I didn't engage in any intimate relationships or monogamous relationships, but I started to really tune into myself and my sexuality. And I went on this incredible journey of exploration and I explored Tantra and I learned about something called orgasmic meditation. And I started to wake up in a way I didn't even know was possible. Mm. And all that like fear melted away. And then I engaged in a relationship, an intimate relationship with a man and something had changed and shifted in me. And I was completely open and available for whatever was on the table. Mm -hmm. And for me, sex, and this is what I say to my clients, sex isn't, you know, in heterosexual sex, penis and vagina or penetration, Mm -hmm. regardless of gender. Mm -hmm. It's the whole it's everything from that moment you feel the connection to that first touch, kiss, the make, all of it. It's mm-hmm. part of sexuality. And um, I was lit. I was lit up and I was postmenopausal and I was going, oh my gosh, <laughs> there is something available to me and it's got nothing to do with hormones mm-hmm. and I want others to have it. Mm-hmm. So I started to, you know, you know how it happens. You have an opening and then the clients start to show up. Mm -hmm. So I had women showing up who were talking about their sex lives. And then I had couples starting to show up. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say, and this is really exciting and important for people to, to hear, is that you went through your own awakening. And as a result of that awakening, your magnet grew and 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 people found you who who were struggling with similar issues that you had previously yeah so you were giving back what you were given in in, in essence that you were learning about yourself you were awakening you were finding more pleasure and then the clients followed yeah wow and i like that you use the word pleasure because that's really what it was this is i was allowing myself to experience pleasure, and I wanted others to have it. And it became couples because you can't just work with one of the, you know, you've got to work with both of them. Mm-hmm. And um, as you, I'm sure you know, the hardest thing for a couple to speak about is what's going on with them intimately, sexually, that that whole territory. It's just so hard mm-hmm. to come to. It, talking about money is easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I, I think you're bringing to the table is not only a personal approach based on your own experience and growth and, and deepening, but, but I hear that you're wanting to offer something different than what's out there. And, and that's really what I'm curious about is what's different about your particular approach? 
I could be wrong. It may not, you know, I'm not saying I'm the only one on the, the planet who's saying this, but mm-hmm. years ago, I developed what I call the wellness sexuality practice, which is a series of steps. It's gone way beyond that. Mm-hmm. It's just because I keep growing and expanding as I work with people. So what I bring to the table is showing a couple and usually a couple who've been together for a while, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the honeymoon is way over. You know, whether gay, straight, doesn't matter. That is over. Life has taken over. Responsibility, parents, maybe children, work. And they've lost the zing, but they've also lost the capacity to simply be with each other and enjoy each other's company. It's it's just, it's just there's no access to that. Mm-hmm. And they get very, like, they get full into habitual patterns and obligatory sex if any Mm -hmm. and um so what i do with couples is bring them back to the possibility of being together like i bring mindfulness and just presence Mm -hmm. being together without doing anything so we start there and i have Mm -hmm. i do i weave into all my work a lot of somatic practices Mm -hmm. so for instance I'll have a couple sit side by side and begin by feeling into themselves, their breath, their feet on the ground, their, you know, their tushy on the couch, mm-hmm. feeling into themselves, then feeling the presence of the other. Like I teach them how to come back to themselves. And then I give them a very simple practice to begin to physically connect completely PG 13 mm-hmm. and, um, and what I've seen is that even when they do this one little practice and go home and, pr- and do it for homework, or I call it home play, uh-huh. when they come back the next week, there's like something has turned on. There's a light that's gone off mm-hmm. and, a, and a sense of hope and possibility. As you're talking, what I'm aware of is there's something so gentle about what you're sharing and, and so respectful and tender. And I think when we're talking about sex and we're talking about reigniting joy and pleasure, it is sometimes a a glacial process. It's certainly a gradual process, but, but I just wanted to comment on how lovely it feels to hear your deep respect for the Mm -hmm. process, because we know that sexlessness is epidemic, right? We know that there's a lot of high functioning couples who really don't know how to have deeper contact with themselves or one another. But I think what you're sharing, if I'm accurate, is really starting with the basics of the body, of the mindfulness, of the presence and grounding, Mm -hmm. and and moving from there. Is is that some of what you're saying? completely what I'm saying. And then I want to add in Mm -hmm. communication. Mm -hmm. Because of big thing is like, you'll hear a couple say, well, I've been with you. You know what I like. You know, why don't you know to just take time with me or touch me this way or that way? And it's, it's, there's all these assumptions. So Mm. one of the things I do in these really simple practices is guide my couples in ways to communicate to the other what they like and don't like. You know, Mm. I teach them how to make simple requests. Mm -hmm. And Mm. that's like radical. 
And I learned, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I'm just supposed to touch you and just feel and just know. And can you imagine what kind of pressure that puts on people? Like, I'm supposed to know how to make you feel good. Right. And As, As a mind reader. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was just, I just had a session yesterday with a couple. And, you know, the woman was just like, she's afraid to tap into what she wants, let alone ask it ask for Mm -hmm. it. So Mm -hmm. we did some process around that. And so another thing I want to mention, um, I think, are you familiar with NARM? So I'm trained in that. So I'm, I work Mm -hmm. with complex PTSD and Uh one of the principles that I've learned from NARM that I use for couples is when you have a couple sitting together, each couple, each partner is responsible for themselves. And I, um, right from the beginning, we take the name calling, the criticizing, the pointing, the blaming off the table. Anything you see in your partner that you perceive as a problem is for you. Mm-hmm. It's your trigger and you get to work with it right. and work it through. And then we'll see what happens. That's part of the gentleness I bring. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I teach the couples, the partners, how to be gentle with each other and particularly with themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So compassion and self-compassion is is central. Yeah. 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 What I wanted to mention for, for our listeners is that that piece, the somatic piece that you're talking about, the NARM training as an example is crucial. It's crucial because it helps each person regulate their nervous system and hopefully the the co-regulation that happens between them over time so that 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 has a lot of foundational power to to the healing process yeah that's great Linda. it it also helps them well when i start with a couple this is one of the norm principles i start with what is your heart's desire what do you long for for yourself and they each go and then you find what's mutual, where what's the longing for the couple. But they mm-hmm. always start mm-hmm. with accessing themselves, taking responsibility mm-hmm. for themselves, and then they find the meeting point. If we can talk for a moment about compulsive sexual behavior, can you share a little bit of how your work uh, supporting a couple um, who, where one of the partners has uh, an issue with compulsive sex? Yeah. Well, I'm going to share what I do, and I then I want to hear, like, you can probably give me some great ideas here, but if the couple has agreed to stay in relationship, and one of the things I will talk to them about are, you know, if you're committed to stay in for now and do this work, what are your exits? Mm-hmm. So we, you know, and this is kind of like from the Imago therapy, mm-hmm. Um So if someone has a tendency to compulsively act out sexually, we take some time to look at that and see what kind of agreements they can come to Mm -hmm. while we create a safe container to do the work. But while they may be compulsively, you know, acting out or wanting to act out or just fantasizing, you know, we, we, we determine what that is. The other one may have, ways of exiting too, like shutting down, distancing, leaving their body, you know, just disassociating. So we look at both sides, like what are the things that you do to leave and how can we 
what kind of agreements can you make with yourselves individually and with each other to stay, to go take the next step? Yeah. I mean, one of the other things I like to say to couples is for now, will you be willing to take all goals off the table? Mm -hmm. Like sexual goals. I mean, you've made a commitment to stay in this container we're creating for you to stay connected and do your best. And when we get into the realm of sexuality, how would it be for you to say there's no goal anymore? When you, when, if you do engage sexually, mm-hmm. you're not going for penetration or ejaculation or orgasm. You just take it all off the table. Mm-hmm. And instead, can you bear with me and learn how to move into a place of deep curiosity? Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I have them do the initial exercises, I invite them to meet the other as if they're like little children exploring for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And so we'll start with, you know, things like hands and feet or the back. And then when they're ready, we may move to areas that are more, I would say more erotic, like breasts or, you know, skin, but always coming into this place of deep curiosity, no goals about where this is going to go or what it's going to feel like or what it's going to do for the other person. Mm -hmm. And then again, I'm not sure I'm answering your question, but I want to add in a really Mm -hmm. important piece. Mm -hmm. What I say to them is when you touch your partner, you're touching them for your own pleasure, Mm -hmm. not to pleasure them. Mm -hmm. Trust me, if you're Mm -hmm. following what feels good to you, they'll feel that and relax. Mm -hmm. So I think for people who compulsively acted out, they have missed so many of these subtle steps of being embodied, being present, slowing it down, being curious, and not like scratching the itch, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So is that helpful at all? Oh, for sure. One thing that I think you were talking about that I wanted to highlight is that when somebody is in a pattern of compulsively using sex to escape or to Mm -hmm. um, somehow maybe feel better or feel more or feel less, but getting out of the moment, um, they're distancing, right? They're, they're, they're in a mode of distancing. And so part of the healing, as I hear you talking about this, is how do you invite someone who has been distancing, distancing, distancing to pursue their partner, to pursue connection, to move towards feeling safe enough to trust that that they can explore and experiment. So I, I think there's something really powerful about what what you're describing in terms of moving from that habit of distancing toward pursuing connection. And as you're saying that, you're helping me remember a really important piece here. So mm-hmm. it's a habit. And as you know, we're all like, we're all full of patterns and habits that we developed really, really young mm-hmm. that are running our lives. Right. So when I have someone who has a habit, or I mean, we all have them, but let's talk about, you know, acting out sexually. So it's mm-hmm. a habit. One of the things we might do in the session is spend some time with that person and and ask, inquire with great compassion and curiosity, what does that bring you? What do you 
what what are you know what are the gifts from acting out like instead of pathologizing it and making it bad or wrong we want to look at what are they really looking for what are they seeking in a way that hasn't been supportive to themselves or the department but like it's really important to me that there's just no pathology in our work together mm-hmm. no sure. blame naming no just no making wrong so mm-hmm. i like to help them each come to a very deep and profound understanding of how this pattern may have at one time served them as a survival mechanism mm-hmm. and was deeply, deeply important and see that with like grace and understanding and then see how it may not be serving now. Mm-hmm. But just again, to bring in so much compassion. And I actually have another process that I'll use with clients where they can t- trace back a pattern to a very, very, very early stage, like before they were even sexual mm-hmm. and find a way to really feel into it and forgive that young part of them mm-hmm. for enacting this through, throughout their lives. I mean, it's, it's a simple, but really deep process mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because I feel like we develop these tendencies for our reason. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I am curious about as you're sharing all this is that it feels like there are particular couples who would be ready to work with you. And I'm curious if you have a sense of who has that readiness, who's prepared to do this kind of work. Yeah, absolutely. It's two people who are willing to look at themselves individually to really dive in with support and take responsibility for their part um, who are willing to let go of pointing the finger at the other person um, who are willing to, well, maybe that's just a good starting point. I mean, it will create, you know, more vulnerability, Mm -hmm. um, but to stay like, I like to use the metaphor, like of a tennis court to stay on your side of the net. Mm-hmm. not go mm-hmm. over there and criticize or fix mm-hmm. or save the other stay with yourself. Right. And then, you know, you hit the ball back and forth. Mm-hmm. Sure. So that's a, that's a primary piece of readiness. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes that's not something that they even have, they don't even know yet. Mm-hmm. It might come up after a few sessions, but I can usually tell in a initial um, or pretty soon after if, if they're able to do that. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I understand that that you use a technology called human design. Mm-hmm. And I know <laughs> this is like a whole podcast episode in itself, but can you share briefly what that is and, and how it supports deeper connection? Oh, love this. So um, human design is a technology that shows you it gives you a roadmap for who you were born to be like who you were energetically born to be in this lifetime so for instance i run charts for people use the same information you use for astrology like the birth time date place mm-hmm. and when i look at a person's chart i can see their underlying motivations what runs them what drives them what their challenges are uh, what their gifts are, um, how they how they 
move through the world emotionally, what their survival style, it's all there in the chart. Mm. And it also, this chart also shows you like right off the bat, you can learn particular, what we call strategies, ways of moving through the world and responding or in like making decisions and communicating with others. So when I have charts of two clients, each of their charts, I can teach them right in the beginning, some really simple ways to communicate with each other in such a way that they both feel validated and understood. So that's like a, that's like a total win right there. Mm -hmm. And another thing, I mean, there's so much I love about this, but I, with human design people, when, when I share with them what the chart is revealing about them, they start to feel more compassion for themselves, for these things that they considered, you know, yuck about themselves, like these foibles, these like, oh, I, 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 I'm able to reveal them in such a way so they can see that they're not bad. They're just um, the way they, they operate, the way they're wired. And then they mm -hmm. learn how to be more skillful mm -hmm. with what they've been given. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't use human design exclusively with clients because I love the somatic piece, mm -hmm. um, but it's a great tool mm -hmm. also for me to have so that when I'm listening to them and observing the interaction, I have a deeper, I have an understanding from knowing their charts about what may be going on. And some mm -hmm. of it I may reveal to them in the right time. And some it's just supporting me and being more present for mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with every, every client, every couple, I go as far into it as they want to go. Like, you know, I know you're the same way. It's like when I meet with someone, whether it's single or a couple, I follow them. They're always primary mm -hmm. and I'm just mm -hmm. meeting them and guiding them in the direction they want to go. So mm -hmm. if they want to know more about the human design piece. I'll give them more. If they just mm -hmm. want to know that I'm holding it, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And, I mean, like, I'm sure like you, I never know where it's, where it's going to go ever. Right. right. And that's, and that's what I want to hold for them is like, you don't know where this is going to go. And can you be open to what I call the X factor, like mm -hmm. that mysterious thing that might happen. And it's mm -hmm. like, you, don't, you just don't even know that it's possible. Right. Which we could also talk about in terms of deeper healing, right? that yeah. the nervous system is healing, the attachment ruptures are healing, the um, sexual um, gaps are healing. So, yeah. Another question I have about your work with, with couples is, what do you learn from your couple's work? Oh what God. are a few things that, that stand out to you? Humility. Yes. That I never, ever, ever know where it's mm -hmm. going to go. Sure. Um, Never a dull moment. Oh, couples are, whoa, they're like, whoa, exponentially <laughs> more interesting, exciting, and challenging. Mm -hmm. um, I learn where I'm, where I need to soften up, where I need to open, where I need to be more vulnerable, mm -hmm. and where I need to let go and just allow them to show me the next rest right yeah. to know that they have the healing properties within them and also they show me what i'm going to write about <laughs> i mean i had a whole like kind of a template of a book 
it's now just sitting over there in my book basket. Mm. And the work I've been doing more recently may produce a complete rewrite because they're just teaching me Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. So experientially, you're constantly absorbing their healing and and their growing and learning and and what seems to work what what may not work so well yeah we're all learning together aren't we yeah yeah i mean who would want it any better i mean it's just like i love that about our work it's like yeah it's constantly growing us exactly yeah so before we wind down, I always like to ask if if there were a few takeaways that you would hope our listeners can hold from our conversation today. What 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 might they be? If your partner says or does something that you don't like and it really bothers you, take a look at yourself because it's possible that your partner is activating a part of you that needs healing. And a a short version of that is, you know, from Don Miguel Ruiz, the four agreements, whatever they say or do, it's not personal. That's theirs. But if it hits you, if there's a zing and a trigger inside of you, that's your work. And, Mm -hmm. you know, or like Byron Katie, you know, the work of Byron Katie would say, you know, Mm -hmm. thank them. Mm, because for being they are teacher, right? Yes, for showing you what needs to be healed. Yeah, yeah. I just want to come around to what you said about Don Miguel Ruiz because I think when we met many years ago, you had been studying directly with him. And mm-hmm. for those who are not familiar with the Four Agreements, it's Toltec wisdom, right? Yeah, it's simple and profound. And I don't know why I'm putting in a plug for it, but it's just one of those books that is always on my book recommendation list. Yeah. And, and, and you're such a, a um, protege, really, you know, you, you, you're carrying the torch with so many different trainings that you've done through the years. And I think we just kind of touched the, the tip of the iceberg today. Yeah. And can I add one more thing too? Of course. Because one of the things I, you know, I would like, those of you who are listening to know is that when I work with people, we start with a PG 13 and we help you establish safety and trust and connection. And then as the couple is ready, we start to move into some juicier material. Like we start to go into more erotic sexual connection, but it doesn't begin until, well, you know, they'll do whatever they want to do off on their own but what i'm inviting them to do is to find a foundation in this intimate present based contact and then whoa see what starts to happen in your in your sex life your like erotic sex life and mm-hmm. and i guide them as far as they want to go mm-hmm. you know i'll meet with them and then they get their home play and they get to go practice and come back but just to say it's not always PG-13, but it does start that way. Mm-hmm. The word rebirth came to mind that that you're, in a sense, helping folks rebirth their sex lives, reigniting yeah. their joy, reigniting their pleasure. 
and having known you for a few decades, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that I'm, I'm just so excited to see your own expansion and, and thank you so much for sharing your own journey because that, that just adds that not only credibility, that sounds a little dry, but, but just the, the authenticity of, of the work that you do. Mm, thank you, Andrew. Thank you so much for being here today, Linda. So much pleasure to be with you, my longtime friend. And hopefully <laughs> we'll get to cross paths sooner rather than later, yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. All right. Take good care. Thanks for listening today. If you're so inclined, please give us a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe and share my podcast for those who may benefit. I look forward to you joining us the next time. And don't forget to stay connected.